Previously on Funny Science Fiction. I want to know how she finds the jet because my car is visible and I still have trouble finding it in parking lots. <laughs> I take a picture of it with my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Joshua Schubert from The Tick and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where our jokes make Marvin the Paranoid Android seem giddy and upbeat. Our guest today might be best known for his work on the Amazon Prime show, The Tick. Now, if you haven't seen The Tick, although I don't want you to stop watching us, <laughs> stop watching us, go watch The Tick. And yeah, go back. watch it. Uh, but today we're going to play questions and answers with Joshua Schubart, who plays Frank, a member of Ramsey the Fourth's henchmen in the Pyramid Gang. Thank oh, you boy. for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. This seems like so much fun. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you and, and uh, share some laughs with you and uh, uh, a little bit of our silliness. We like so, people into thinking that we're fun. Yeah, it's it's one of our it's one of our uh, be- better qualities. You have a great background, so I don't know how you can't be fun. It's all swirly and nice. So it goes it's with the cat ears so very well. Perfect. There you are go. Are those also head like headphones? They too? are. They are my oh, headphones. I've seen those before. They're they so cool. Are fantastic. And it was so funny. The first interview I did with these, and then Tim's like, "Wait, you have headphones on?" I'm like, "Yes." He's wait. Your hair is big enough. You can hide headphones in it. My hair is big enough. I can hide all sorts of secrets in it. You can hide I'd, a bunch. You can hide like a whole hamburger in there. I and could. I could. Yeah. I had Cheetos in there before, but that was a really. She has enough hair. Story. Trust me, it, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> if we do, where Kathleen just in the middle of something just pulls a full hamburger out from under. <laughs> Here, honey, eat this. Watch Monday yeah. night. It all right. <laughs> all right. So on the tick, uh, when we're first introduced to you. And the tick, I, I, at least where I noticed you anyway, let's put it that way, where I remember first being introduced to you on the tick, uh, you run up to Ramsey's the fourth and you're out of breath and you're hunt, you're hunched over like a true henchman trying to catch his breath. And he starts to gently caress your back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so chum, I need to know, is Michael Cerverus who plays Ramsey's any good at back rubs or was he just mailing it in and making it look pretty for the camera? No, he is great. At, he's great at it, actually. He was very nice. He was very kind and very, very gentle. Um, and then when he had to hit me in the back, it, it wasn't hard at all, but it made a nice noise. Um, but, yeah. And that was actually, that was when I came onto the show. That was my first scene in the show. So you did not miss me before. Yeah. All right. Good. Because I actually went back into a couple different episodes um, and I was like, okay. And then I went to IMDb and I double checked. No, nope, that, that was the first episode <laughs> that he was in. Yeah. And then I went to that episode and I, and I was, I, I was like, did I miss it? Did I, all right. I think that's the first spot. And then it just started making me laugh because all I was just sitting here watching servers rub your back. Just like, it's okay, pal. <laughs> We're all right. You know, it's a serious <laughs> skill to be able to hit somebody and not have it hurt and make it, have it make a good sound. Yeah. It's a really good nap. That's the industry term for it. Nap. Ooh. Yeah, you got to get the cupping just right to get the sound. But yeah, but it's right into your back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and all of their skills behind how to hit people. Yeah, yes. well, I mean, he comes comes from um, a long, long history of doing ton, tons and tons of plays and lots and lots of Broadway, mm-hmm. and that's part of what we've learned too is like how to hit people in the face without actually hitting people in the face and making it make make a noise. Uh, so that people are like, oh, my God, but, you know, you don't actually hurt anybody. Yeah. Oh. Most times. 
Nick, next company dinner, we're going to try that with you. Sounds good. <laughs> 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 like stage a mugging, but then have someone watch and then just ask for their wallet nicely and see if they can do. Yeah, I've actually only once seen a stage hit go wrong and then later found out that it was because the actors found out that the one guy was trying to get the other girl's girlfriend. Other guy's oh. girlfriend. Yeah. And it was the it was oh. it was supposed to be a, a fake punch and he instead broke his nose. Yeah, oh, that'll man. happen from time time to time and like not because people are mad. Like I can't I could I've I've lost count of the amount of times that I've been um that I've been stabbed. <laughs> so uh, oh, no. yeah, just because it just happens when you're doing lots of <laughs> fighting. Mean in New York? Well, not on the streets, though, no, but like... <laughs> not something everybody can say. I've lost track of the number of times I've been stabbed. Yeah, that's not a phrase I know. <laughs> well, well, when really you go funny. to prison, Kathleen, you'll hear it more often. Right. I'm sure what was really funny it. is that there was this crazy scene in season one where all of us were shooting machine guns in this open field, and I wasn't holding it properly, so the spent casings kept hitting Michael in the head over and over and over again. So, so I hit him in the head like 20 times with these things and uh, they 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 called cut and like he was like, Josh, the man, can you just like angle it right? They're really hot and they hurt. And I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, and he's bald in the show too, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like uh, it's hitting hair. No, it's so. just hitting the skin, just burning that skin. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Ooh, that is the way to make friends with your coworkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Burn their skin. Oh goodness. So, looking at your website, it's mentioned that you hope to work with Marvel. And I want with, to. With the Fox Disney merger, there are a lot more characters available in the MCU now. So is there a dream role for you in the MCU? Yeah, I want to be in the Fantastic Four. I would I would like to play Ben. Oh, ben Grimm. Oh, you'd be awesome at that. You'd be really good. I would love to play that role. And I think I like being a large man who also is very in touch with like hard to process c- c- complicated feelings. Like I would love to get into that character. Um, I spent a long time like trying to like like I thought I was a monster for a long, long time, and then c- c- coming out of that, like I would love to just dive into that guy's world. Yeah. And he's also so cool, and you get to be made of rocks. It's like right. Amazing. That would be an awesome role. That would be, would be crazy for us to ask you to give us a good clobbering time right now. Sure. I mean, mine, mine is like um, it's clobbering time. Like you know, okay. like, okay. like it's clobbering time. You know, like that's kind of too so too, too much. You know, but. You know, like for for me, it's kind of like a, you know, it's like you're just you you know that you're gonna like, Get you know what you're about to do, yeah, yeah. It's clobber. Yeah, it's okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, we will root for you for you to get that. Oh, role. thank you. Yeah. I say we make that a hashtag on Twitter and go. Do nuts yeah. Please do it. Do it. Schubert, it's clobbering time. It's clobbering time. We will do get it. I'm done. God, please. Done deal. As soon as as soon as we're done with this interview, bud, I'm going to tag you on Twitter, and we're going to make that hashtag. Yes, Joshua Schubert. It's clobbering time because oh. I think that you'd be. I think you'd nail it. I think I would too. Thank you. Please do it, even if it 
does not happen, it would be amazing anyway. <laughs> Any casting directors listening in, Joshua is very ready for this role. I'm very ready to be in the MCU. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. I'm so excited about the uh, I mean, so what the heck? We'll tag Kevin Feige too. Let's do it. Do it. Get on. Dear Kevin. <laughs> Dearest Kevin Feige. Joshua Schubert <laughs> is totally ready to be in the Fantastic Four. My good friend Joshua Schubert is totally red and would nail this part. <laughs> the tiny podcast of weirdos from Michigan said so. So it's true. <laughs> That's right. No, that'd be cool. All right, Leon, let's do that. So you have also been credited on writing some episodes of your show, The After. After, yeah. So my question is, what have you what did you prefer, writing or acting? And what did you enjoy about the writing? So I love writing and I always have, but um I it was never my focus because I was always trying trying to just do acting. Um and that and that in itself is is like its own giant hurdle. Um but I loved writing after because I got to write a role for me that I don't know if I would have gotten otherwise. And I, and I was also able to um, create roles for all of my friends that weren't playing roles that they were supposed to be playing. And it turned into this like beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, You know, like I, I made after for a bunch of reasons, but it was like large dudes, in media and 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 in the entertainment are largely laughing stocks or they're really bad or they're going to punch you in the face um we're not allowed to be complete humans i mean the closest that i got was playing frank and the tick especially in um season 2 they expanded him into a wonderful place but i wanted to I, you know, the only people that I saw really were like Chris Farley and Shaq Black, and they're incredible, and they helped like, like break the mold Mm -hmm. for what it means to be large. But it's not just, we're not oafs. We're allowed to be in love and cry and laugh and have kids and get married and do more than were portrayed as being and that's what i wanted to do with after so i mean that was a long answer but it was that's why it was so particularly special and that's what i've applied to all of my other things that i now write to is like what do we need to be seeing what is not being uh put in a positive light and hasn't been for a very long long time let's make it positive now yeah so so two things about your answer. Number one, uh, we love long answers. Long answers are the best. <laughs> uh, and number two, as a large fellow himself, uh, I, I feel represented. So thank you. As sir. a fan of large oh, fellows. You're <laughs> cool. As someone who's a fan of large, large, large fellows. fellows. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I grew up around bigger dudes. My dad was 6'3". My brothers are 6'2 and 6'4". My husband's Mm -hmm. 6 foot. It's like, big guys need love, too. Yeah. Not everybody Viking representation. And also, big guys, also, they have so much love to give. There's so much cuddlier. You know, like... What's what's up? It needs to be a t-shirt. 
It does need to be a teacher. <laughs> big guys have big love to if give. If only we knew a teacher family. guy. Hold up. Making notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Uh, so actually, Nick's question is a, a perfect lead into my next question for you. So now I've looked at some of your acting roles and, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Focused on Forward as well, that you've, you've been a very busy actor over the years. Uh, you've, you've had serious roles like your current show, After. You've also had uh, some not so serious, even superhero related roles like Frank in The Tick. Um, now, for some, some of the actors that I've talked to in the past, whether it's voice actors, whether it's physical actors, uh, they have certain preparation styles that they use for one style of acting versus another style of acting. Do you have a process that you use across the board, whether it's comedy, drama, action, whatever, or do you change up based on what you're doing? It depends on what type of comedy it is, right? So if it's supposed to be like just like like completely natural, like it's just part of life and what is happening is why it's funny, then you don't do anything extra. You 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 just live in the moment and that's why it's funny because of how you're um that's how it's it, like that's how it's happening and what but if it's like a farce or if it's, or if it's like a specific type of comedy where there's a specific way that you have to like do everything then yeah there's a lot more prep work that that goes in to, to that like if you're doing like pinter or you're doing a mole year or you're you know like and and you have a very specific rhythm that you have to hit then sure there's a lot more preparation that you have to do um but otherwise comedy is just um the person that is in the comedy is in a drama and and that's what makes it funny so if you try and be funny you're not going to be funny you okay. just have to be honest and that, that so funny. deliver your line yeah. don't try and sell the line <laughs> yeah just um try to be as nice. organic as okay. possible yeah so I watched one of your videos, the five things you wish, wished you had learned before or learned about the entertainment industry. Oh, cool. And you, yeah. you mentioned that before you got good at something that you're going to be really bad at it. Oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> you're also trained in the use of multiple bladed weapons, which mm-hmm. goes along with the you don't know how many times you've been stabbed, I'm sure. So those seem like potentially dangerous elements to combine. The being really bad at something and then having multiple bladed weapons. So without going into unnecessarily gory detail, unnecessarily gory details are still okay, or causing undue embarrassment for anyone, how did the early stages of weapon training go for you? They were fine. So in the beginning of that type of stuff, you actually don't use weapons. You just, so it's all about where your hand placement is and where your arm is and what's happening with your body. So you don't do, so it's like, you're like, playing the way that you used used to when you're like, I'm Luke Skywalker. You know, it was kind of like like that. Then you up up upgrade to like, I'm gonna use a wooden dowel now so that like if you mess mess it up, then it hurts, but you don't, you know, do anything. Um, and then once you get that under control, then you move move on to to an actual blade. They're not sharpened, so that's good but they're still very pointy in the tips. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where you get, that's where you get stabbed. Um, <laughs> so um, my my worst one probably was during a pr- production of Mids, 
Summer Night's Dream that was altered to be in the wintertime. And they added a whole crazy battle scene in the beginning between the Amazons and the and the Athenians to like for some reason because people like to add to those shows. Um, and Adrenaline kind of took over my partner and they took their giant broadsword and just stabbed me right in the sternum with it. Oh, wow. um, and I, and I had like a two inch hole. Ooh. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was probably the worst one. <laughs> That's still pretty good. You have our attention <laughs> at two inch hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, accidents happen. Like it's just the way that, it, I mean, you try as hard as you can to not punch people in the face or stab anybody, but it happens some, some, sometimes, but I will say that, um, if you are looking to learn, you're not going to just be like, here's a sword. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like so much more fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so much more irresponsible. We're always looking for suggestions about what type of recreation and other fun people can do to let their hair down, so to speak. How do you keep yourself recharged, your creative mind focused when you're not working? Also, could you recommend a good hot dog place? <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know of any hot dog places. I don't eat them anymore. Um, oh. um, I used to eat them like crazy, but they make me fart a lot, so I don't eat hot dogs anymore. Wow. Um, <laughs> More quotable moments. Yeah. Um, as for what I do to let my hair down, I play lots of video games. Um, I love them. And I also play I, – I was playing two weekly – D and D campaigns. I love D and D. I'm currently playing a monk and a artificer, and they're both fun. So uh, you also mentioned video games. What uh, what video game do you like to play? Ooh, um, so it depends on how much time I have. Right, right, right now I'm really into this game called um, Ko City, which is like a dodgeball game on PS4, um, but uh, like. Uh, I played the Last of Us two pretty recently. It was incredible. Okay. Um, the Final Fantasy seven oh, remake good. was incredible. Um, I'm really into R R RPGs and like um, real time strategies. Um, I can't play Civilization anymore because I lose my entire life. So I just like <laughs> begin to play. And then I go into like a time warp and I wake up 11 hours later and I'm starving and I'm sweaty and I don't know what's going on. So I can't play those games anymore. But that's why, that's why I stopped playing uh, The Sims and Age of Empires. Yeah. I am, Same problem. I am massively addicted to The Sims. Like, there's a new Sim expansion coming out next week and I want it. So is, so is my wife. She loves The Sims. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, so, it's so funny. My husband's like, why, do you, why are you playing more life? I'm like, because when I get mad at this toddler in my computer, I can stop. So <laughs> I don't play The Sims anymore because I played the first one. And I, and I don't know if you know this about the first one, but it is the most brutal video game to ever be made. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I made a nice family, but and I had a wife, but I didn't like 
but she didn't have good like using the k- kitchen skills. <laughs> so she burned our house down and died. Oh. So my character <laughs> got really depressed, right? Really, really depressed. And there's this thing called the sadness clown in the first yes. version of the Sims <laughs> that shows clown. up when you are sad. I didn't know how to get rid of the sadness clown, so my character starved to death <laughs> because he wouldn't eat or sleep. I found out later you have to just buy a mirror and then put it on the wall and, they, and then they look at themselves and they get happy again. Guess who didn't do that? Oh, Guess who never no. played The Sims again? Oh, <laughs> man. I am so glad that they didn't bring the sadness clown back for, for the fourth version because I hate clowns. Clowns are terrible. Literally, it would just follow you around and, when, and whenever you tried to like go to the bathroom, eat food, or try to sleep it would it would just be like no you can't do that you gotta you gotta talk talk to me and the sadness clown it was the worst (laughs) (laughs) depression realistically since 2001 (laughs) nice all right so now we talked about again something that we talked about on focused on forward which is one of our sister podcasts here uh on funny science fiction uh we talked about your early life growing up and, and the fact that you didn't always have it very easy um and and we talked about how you got encouraged to reach out for the arts. Now, if you're interested in listening to that, you can always go to Focused On Forward and you'll be able to find that podcast and that interview with Joshua Schubart. And we, we delve into that topic a lot more. Uh, but what would you say were your early influences for acting and, and what's your drive for filmmaking now? Well, so acting for me came from a lot of, nerd like nerd stuff a lot of nerd culture and I'll, actually a lot of cartoons in, in the beginning that was kind of my exposure to like like what what could it be or what i would like um like i loved i loved <clears throat> watching the uh anything science fiction i'm a huge next generation nerd like do do not at me it is the best one (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, get them in the comments guys yeah you can you you just rip me up but i don't care because it's the best one i love deep deep space nine that's fine people are like that's the best one it's boring okay they are they're on a space platform they're not doing anything and it's all that guy, I forget his name, he's like females and he drinks tea. What was his name? He was the Romulan guy. Romulan. Never You're mind. asking the wrong and, guy yeah. for that one, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> any, anyway. So I mean like the influences on me came when I found acting really and I got to really watch actors. Like I love Patrick Stewart, I love Ian mm. McKellen, I love Willem Dafoe. I love him as as an actor. Like one of the coolest quotes that he he has is that sometimes acting is just putting in teeth. Like just putting in a pair of really weird teeth. You know, like you can do all this work and do everything and then all of a sudden like one thing comes, like one article of clothing or a, a thing that they put on your face and, and it informs your entire character. Um, and and I thought that that was a really honest thing to say and a really cool way in because acting is this whole yes, it's big and, and grand and it's really very sparkly and very 
material and no one really knows how it works. But there are times where it's just like I put on these shoes and it all made sense. Um, and I really like that. And he's also an incredible, incredible artist and I think very underrated. Even though he works a lot, tons and tons and tons of movies, uh, he's never really like, you know, up until recently with like The Lighthouse, right? He like hasn't really gotten his accolades and he should because he's incredible so as we've already talked about you recently became a father congratulations thank you and i do promise you will sleep again sometime we're, we're working it out we're working it out <laughs> Give it three months it, it, it comes and goes like my daughter's to the point where she consistently sleeps now which is great That's and cool. it's been a pretty consistent 12-hour chunk at night for the last year which is great so you'll get wow. to the point where you do sleep. She'll she's gagged, pound, and, and high on Benadryl, but yeah, yeah. she's sleeping. Melatonin, <laughs> she's too little for Benadryl. Come on. At least give me credit for being a decent parent. So <laughs> okay, you're fine. You're a decent parent. I mean, I'm trying my best with what I was given. How about that? And what I was given is a tiny version of myself. <laughs> And, the, and, and that's all that you can do. Right? It's hard. I understand why my mom was so frustrated with me growing up now. I get it. But is there a particular series or franchise that you're most excited to introduce your, your little one to and hoping that they take the same interest in instead of rolling their eyes and telling you that you're lame? Yeah, I really want them her to love The Lord of the Rings the way that I do. Oh. Um, and I'm really excited that you're going to watch it from... I, I know it's not technically the right order. You have to watch the first three and then watch The Hobbit because it's a prequel and then blah, blah, blah. But it would be cool to watch it from the beginning to the end and hopefully she thinks it's great because um, I love Lord of the Rings. Um, and if there's an animated series, because I'm just going to answer, answer that even though you didn't ask. <laughs> um, I would love to uh, watch all of the animated tick with, with her. It. Yeah. Those are both I have to say my daughter... Choices. My daughter loves Lord of the Rings. She loved the Hobbit movies. And I mean, even with as intense as they are, like, she's a fearless little kid. But she loved, we just finished watching the Hobbit trilogy. And she absolutely adored it because she loves dragons. How how old is she? She'll be three in September. Three, you said? Three? Yeah. Well, that's so cool. Yeah, she is big. We are, like, in the midst of the dinosaurs, dragons, superheroes like that is yeah. everything she wants right now which is fantastic that's so awesome she watched all of loki with us and wandavision <laughs> loki was so like, good such a good show my son is gonna have to read the hobbit book before he's allowed to watch the movie <laughs> oh yeah for sure because was it you fun? don't want you don't yeah. want him thinking that that's how I it mean, ends like that's not how this works this wasn't right? a story at all <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's true. funny, is my, my husband actually read The Hobbit to her oof, end of third trimester was when he started it. Oh. So he was reading To My Belly, which was adorable. And then he finished it when she was about six months old. Mm. It's time for a redo. Cool. Her comprehension's probably gotten better at this point. Also, The Hobbit is a much less boring book to read than the original trilogy. I love them, but it was like Yes, it's nice to read about grass for an entire chapter. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Okay, yeah. I, I love that you have 
over detailed everything. Yeah, we, and that's actually, I mean, that's that's one of the things that's so fantastic about the the whole trilogy of Lord of the Rings is that you have all of that detail to build on. Right. As one of the things we talked about with Jed Brophy, uh, who was the actor from, he was uh, Nori uh, in The Hobbit. And and we talked with him about, you know, about that, you know, about the fact that, you know, when Tolkien writes, right, uh, righted, oh my God, when he wrote (laughs) things, when he was, I was trying to say writing and wrote and it came up with righted. So that's awesome. You sound an all edumacated. Yeah, as as edumacated. So anyway, when when Tolkien would, would write things, he didn't just tell you that the sky was blue. He had to tell you what shade of blue it was, how many clouds there were in the sky, how many, you know, what the shape of those clouds were, everything else. He couldn't just tell you that, you know, it was a beautiful day outside. He had, you know, a chapter of description about what he thought was going on before actually tell you what was going on. Yeah. So. But that made for, that made for so much information for there to be, all of these other things based off of, I mean, D and D is so strongly based off of Lord of the Rings. Right. That that's where we get the idea that dwarves are Scottish. Like he wrote an entire language for his books. And yeah. Elvin. That's, yeah. That's so incredible that he would put that much detail and that much into something that became so big for so many of us. Well, there weren't any TVs or anything. So right. you had to pass the time. And, and also like, wasn't like the book mailed back in like pieces and that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it went through the mail and it was like, read this part of the book now. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So we have a large Facebook group, about 132,000 members at the moment. And oh my. these guys are the junkies. And one of the funniest sources of entertainment is the crossover memes. Like the person from this story or universe into this story or universe. So, if you were a holiday writer for a movie or show, what character would you take from story A and drop him or her to story B with what results? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like I want to put Heath Ledger's Joker in like. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like, like in something like that. Like, like put him in like My Little Pony, or you know, something crazy like. Oh my that. gosh, that'd be so hardcore! Yeah. I, I think I would watch that. I, I would definitely totally see Princess Twilight Sparkle like trying to fix him with friendship. Yeah, and then and then be like, you know, I got these scars from friendship or whatever. Yeah. You would say. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the horse hospital. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got these scars from friendship. Okay. <laughs> it makes more sense than it should. I know, right? I think it's too real. The scars are on the inside now. Oh, that's they, awesome. They, they hurted me, Bobby. They they hurt. Oh, why so friendly? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Josh, we've had a we've had a lot of fun with you so far, but we're not quite done with you yet. Oh no. We've we have reached the point of our show where we'd like to play a quiz with our guests. Oh boy, okay. So, to, so uh, but there's there's a possibility of winning some loot, okay. so that's that's good too. 
So our quiz today is called Name That Movie's Year. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's not as hard as it seems. What we're going to do is we're going to give you, uh, there's a total of five questions. For each question, we're going to name off three movies. And then we're going to give you multiple choice of you pick what year it came out, what those movies came out. Okay. Okay. So okay. I don't think it, I don't think it should be as hard as what maybe you think it is. Okay. Okay. Remember the answer is uh, C. Now, if you get three out of the five, if you get three out of the five questions correct, we're going to send you an "I gave to the red shirt widows and orphans" coffee mug. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you get four of the questions correct, we're going to send you the mug along with this book called Custodians of the Cosmos, which is written by our page founder and uh, the father of two of the gentlemen who are sitting really close to each other uh, in the other screen. Cool. Anyway, uh, Drayton, Drayton <laughs> wrote this book. It's all about a young man who wanted to join Starfleet, couldn't hack it, washed out, and rejoined as a custodian. And he now boldly cleans up after those who boldly just went. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> all right. So... Now, however, if you get less than three, if you wash out, we have to take a picture of you, make a meme out of you, and put it in our Facebook group. We call it a fun sequence. Okay. And it's now definitely going to be you as the Joker with the quote. (laughs) (laughs) Why so friendly? Um, If if I don't do that, will you also make that happen anyway? Like, absolutely correctly. All right, great. Okay, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, we'll take a picture of you, and we'll make sure that that, that happens, okay? We're going to a meme anyway. All right, so one way or another, we're getting a meme out of this. I am already excited. <laughs> All, right. All right. Go ahead, Kathleen. Question number one. Name the movie year. Men in Black, Fifth Element, and Batman and Robin. Is it 1997, 1994, or 1995? For all three of them? Yes, all three were released in the same year. Was it 1997 or 1995? Is what you're asking? Right, was it 94 or 95? So you pick one of those years for all three movies. Oh man, Um, 94. 97. 97, yes. One is wrong. The second question, Josh. Flash Gordon. Empire Strikes Back or Superman 2? A, was it 1980? B, 1982? C, 1984? I know you could do this. 82? Oh, you're so close! It's 1980. I'm going to lose. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I really want to watch Flash Gordon. <laughs> Weird Science, A View to Kill, which was a James Bond movie, and Teen Wolf. Did they come out in 1984, 1987, or 1985? 1985. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> said it wasn't hard. Question number four. Total Recall, Edward Scissorhands, Tremors, was that A, 1989, B, 1990, or C, 1988? 1990. That is correct. Very good. All right. All right. And last question. 
Inception, Clash of the Titans, Jonah Hex. Was that 2001, 2005, or 2010? Oh, I think it was 2010. It was 2010. Look at that. You get a coffee cup and a meal. I say that the 2010 Clash of the Titans in my book doesn't exist. It's Clam A or Go Home. Like, <laughs> Is on, that the one it. where they like, where it was Liam Neeson, right? Was like, yeah, okay, I will give them that Liam Neeson played a great Zeus. Yeah. Other than that, that was about the redeeming factor of it. All right, so oh, we're going to make sure that Batman uh, and Robin threw me off. So um, that's so anyway, c- cool. I'm happy that I'm not a total moron when it comes to. <laughs> <laughs> you did great, Josh. You did great, man. Well, honestly, this was our, our first pass on this style of game, and so you were a guinea pig today. You did pretty well with it, though. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, we'll make sure that uh, we'll get a shipping address from you when we're all done here off camera, and uh, and we'll send you your coffee mug. I'm all right, bud. For that mug. I'm so excited for that mug. Thank you. I'll probably still send you the book anyway. So. <laughs> That's probably going to happen too. We try no to consequences. A few carrots. We we, we happen like to know scary. we know the yeah we know the author so you know we'll we'll put a good thank word you for you. For hanging around his house. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. You prefer Joshua or Josh? Yeah, you can call me Josh. Oh, okay. This is a strange time to now ask that. <laughs> yeah, it's the entire time. You're like, it's, it's interesting now? that you've waited till the end of the show yeah. to be like, can we clarify the name, please? Yeah, yeah. You, it's like, do you prefer Greg or yeah. like, what, what is <laughs> Josh with a silent J, Ashua? Yeah. Wow, wow. Do you prefer Greg or Jeremiah? Yeah, there's an accent on the, on the O, so it's actually Josh. Josh. So, yeah. Josh, thank you so much for being at the show today. Where can people go to find out more about your work and what you're doing? Sure. So, I got a website. It's joshwishubart.com. And on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Josh underscore Schubart. Um, I do a lot of tweeting um, about what I'm up, up to. Um, but also, all of my um, social medias have like a. a uh, what's that thing? The the link tree on it, so you can find all my other yeah one hand handy dandy place. All right, awesome. We will make sure that those all go in our episode description, so that people can find you. Yay! They can do research on you like we did. Thanks for or doing all that research. That or gentle very stalking. Flattering. Either way you want to look at it. Yeah. We call it research because stalking sounds creepy. That's right. So there's now a we want to... outside of your door so they can pull you in for all those warrants. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. We also want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Josh or Joshua Schubert, whichever way you want to address him, uh, and funny moments for you to be able to listen to throughout the show. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's going to help us more than we can ever really tell you. And you're going to want to make sure that you check out Josh or Joshua Schubert on Instagram and Twitter as well. All right. And if you're not happy with the content of our videos, all you have to do is submit with at least four copies to (laughs) Ramses IV, the head of the Pyramid Gang. Because in his bungling efforts to rule the world one neighborhood at a time, he will no doubt lose at least one or two of the copies. So before he can take the offending party out, if you know what I mean, He's going to need those extra copies to remind him of the offenses at hand. 
Plus, he thinks the proper paperwork will help fool the tick. Thanks, everyone. And as always, get some sleep. Bye, everyone. Thanks for watching. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort. You'll give Red Shirt crewman number four. No, no. He puts on a red shirt, chooses to fight along the tick, only to humorously have his spine ripped out by terror. He will be able to know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back. And, and one left of his right. You guys almost got that. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.